Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Sarah. I'm Kerry. So today we're going to be speaking about business analysis skills and how to develop them. Um, and we're going to start the conversation. Uh, Sarah, I'm going to come to you and, and Kerry, you're going to get some thinking time on this. Um, Sarah, what would you say would be the, the key or the core business analyst skills? Thanks, Jonathan. So for me, I like to think of the skills in three categories. Um, the first one being personal, those softer skills, um, not necessarily specific to business analysis, but, you know, that help you work with others. So one of the ones um, for me that I found is probably the most important is communication, because it encompasses so many of the other skills in that category. So such as, you know, um, building good relationships, you know, really taking interest in talking to your customers, getting to know them. Um, you might have shared interests such as like running um, or, you, you know, you may have worked in the same department. It's just really nice to kind of get to understand them, be able to listen to them, understand their needs, play back their kind of understanding, um, build empathy as well. So, you know, actually some people have a lot of challenges. They may have like, you know, this might be the second time they're trying to get their project through. Um, so it's just taking time to kind of understand that and that will probably build trust with them. So they're likely to open up a bit more as well um, in that field um, a couple of couple of other ones as well actually in in personal um, for me is organization so um, one thing I find is is being really organized and and kind of meeting the commitments that you set as well so people yeah. have trust in you um, if you say you're going to deliver something by a certain date that you deliver that they get to kind of expect that you will deliver on time or especially kind of renegotiate those commitments if you, you can't as well um, it helps with credibility doesn't it if you're organized and you do what you say you're going to do then that that gives a basis for building trust with them doesn't it um but i'm, I'm i think listening and you mentioned listening there sarah like I've met with people that call themselves BAs that are really terrible listeners and, and I, I don't get it. I think it's a it's a really core cool skill. And if we're going to understand people's perspectives and work with them to explore their needs, listening an organization and, and the other ones that you mentioned are really absolutely key. Um, I'm sensing there was a part B to that answer. <laughs> oh yeah yeah so um I guess kind of the second one is is obviously talking about kind of business skills so just having an understanding of the business area that you work in the company as a whole so understanding the organization structure the terminology um I think we've all come across acronyms before that we don't really understand so it's just taking the time I think as a BA you can always ask those questions that some people don't want to ask it's kind of like what does that acronym stand for you know what <laughs> What are we talking about um, where some people kind of assume everyone else knows it and don't want to kind of ask that question so so that's quite nice um and I think that helps as well kind of coming back to the personal skills the communication it helps you build those um core relationships within the right. business um and then yeah the third one for me is those professional skills the techniques that we need to be able to do our job well um yeah. which which, you know, assist uh, KD or for the great diploma and the advanced diploma, which would help you get best practice techniques that you can go and apply in your organisation, which is good as well. Uh, thank you for that. And I'll, we accept the compliment. So thank you. <laughs> um, the, um, the, the uh, factory of producing new acronyms and uh, TLA, so three letter acronyms and four letter acronyms and code words. And I just remember my first days working as a, business analyst and I think I spent the first 
month writing down I, I kept a log of all the different terms and acronyms that I came across and I, I went into working in an insurance company and it was just a different language and what it is I wrote them down in the meeting and I would sit with my mentor or my line manager at the end of the meeting or whenever I could get some time with them and I'd ask them what does this word mean and and sometimes when I got a bit more confident I was asking in the meeting can you explain that um, but certainly for the first month or so, it's just a di completely different language. Kerry, um, which of the, I mean, do, do, you, do you agree with Sarah's view around these two, these three areas of skill? And if so, which do you think is the most important? Yes, I do. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. That was a, a really good list. And yeah, communication was definitely one on my list as a, a strong BA skill. And like you said, it actually feeds into a lot of the other soft skills that BAs need for their role. So another one that I had listed in relation to that was relationship building, as well as being able to talk to different users. So whether that's a business lead or whether it's a technical team or a subject matter expert, it's having the different types of language to be mm. able to speak to them mm. and then be able to interpret what they're saying and then be able to put it into business analysis documentation mm. for other people to read. It's interesting because when you're just speaking there, Kerry, I was thinking about, you know, when, when they're talking and they're, they're you're trying to understand their perspective and their language, but thinking, I'm not sure where that goes in the business analysis skill framework. Maybe it's an interpersonal th uh, skill, but that analytical, problem-solving, inquisitive mindset, but then being able to join the dots between what someone said over here on the left and, and that that means that and that these in bits of information are related or not related to each other. It's a it's a really difficult skill to develop, um, and and it's quite an interesting one as well. Um, I think that sorry, Jonathan. I think that comes back to what you were just saying about listening as well. Hmm. Listening to what people are saying, and actually writing down what they're saying as well as trying to interpret it for other users or business users or who you're dealing with on your projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going, to, I'm going to pose a different question now, and it's going to go, go to you, Kerry. So, Sarah, you get some thinking time on this one. Um, what skills do you think we need for the future? What, what's the, what are the new skills that we need to be looking at uh, developing so that we can improve the standing of each of us as individuals and, and the profession as a whole in terms of our, our effectiveness? Um, any thoughts on that, Kerry? So I think for me, one of the areas is having a business architecture function. Mm -hmm. I've worked in a couple of um, large financial institutions where I've worked on a project. So take one of my examples of onboarding. I've worked on a project in one product area to, to look at the onboarding process mm -hmm. and go through what that means for the company and the organization and what key fields and data we need mm -hmm. to capture from customers and what their customer experience is. And then I've worked then on another project in another product area that's looking at exactly the same thing. And you start in the project all over again. And I just feel like you're going round and round in the same circle. Whereas if you have like an architecture across the business that looks at all the projects that are going on across product lines, mm. I think that's really important. And then businesses can invest their money in the right places without overlapping of project work. Um, so that is one key area. And then another key area, I think for me personally, which I love, is customer experience and design thinking. Yep. It's yep. stepping into the customer's shoes, which is sometimes as BAs, we forget to do 
because mm -hmm. you're so involved in talking to business users, trying to understand the internal business processes. Sometimes the customer gets forgotten about. So you have, let's put a chair in front of you, sit the customer on it every meeting that you have. And whilst you're talking to a business user, thinking about what's the customer's view as well. So really bringing in some of the design thinking, customer experience, skill sets, things like personas, customer journey, mapping, just to really bring the customer into all the projects that we deal with. Yeah. So I really like both of the parts of what you said there. So the, taking that holistic view, looking at the capabilities in the organization across the different products and services. Um, I, I, I think you know, most BAs would agree, you know, taking the holistic view is really important, but I think you're talking about it, it being across the entire enterprise and that we, we do it as a matter of course that we're thinking, right, have we already done that? Have we already got a process that does, for example, onboarding or some sort of security check or something which it's common across the products or services. And that for me is helping us to help our organizations to be more efficient and more effective for business kind of reasons. But it, it, that links directly to the customer experience for me. Because if you've got two products with the organization and you've got two different ways of um, setting up those products and it, it, it feels a bit clunky or very different, um, or you're being asked to repeat the same data, the same, provide the same information, uh, it just feels a bit clunky and, and lean is the thing I, I wanted to throw in. I, I love lean and, and I think that kind of thinking about quality and the customer and flow, we've got to, we've got to do this as a matter of course. Um, a design think is a brilliant tool, toolkit there as well. Um, for the BA to pick up and, and consider using. And some of the tools you mentioned there, the empathy map and customer journey map, and there's, there's things like feedback capture grids and um, prototyping and, and, and all of these skills we've got to, all the, these techniques, uh, we've got to be confident in pulling them out of our toolkit and using them to help our businesses move forward. Um, Sarah, anything you'd like to add in terms of, skills that we need for the future yeah i was just going to go off the back of the architecture one because i think that's so important because you can get kind of business areas working in silo sometimes so they might have kind of the same need across different departments and you end up with like different solutions trying to meet the same need and actually if you can kind of get something that can meet multiple purposes you're obviously saving time and money there as well so sometimes you've got multiple departments working on different spreadsheets or someone's got a system and it's it's great if you can kind of have that architecture function that looks across the board so we can actually kind of identify you know where we may have gaps and, and get that kind of solution which is good it's interesting you say you say the word need there i'm i'm immediately thinking about requirements so statement of want or need and, and we've got these requirements these needs that are at a business level a business or organization level so we need to onboard customers as an example and it's kind of bringing the requirements engineering approach that we've got upper level so beyond uh, the silo or the project or this the individual product that we're working on i'm thinking across the products across the projects across the the business and it's it's kind of um building our confidence and ability to think and act holistically but it, it, whilst also thinking about how do we take those high level concepts down into the detail and linking the 
linking the elements. And that's where communication comes in, because we've got to get, I think we've got to get better at communicating and sharing knowledge amongst our fellow business analysts and change professionals. So we're going to work more closely with people like uh, change managers, business architects, enterprise architects, data architects, um, and others. We've got to get much better at capturing and harnessing and, and using knowledge um, is one of the things I, I'm thinking about in terms of what we need in terms of of, of, of skills for the future. Um, Bringing people together is a quite nice way to do that, yeah. where you can kind of even, you know, to like watch these podcasts, for example, you may kind of learn something from one of these podcasts where other people have got experience from different projects or, you know, assignments that they've worked on. It's, it's nice to kind of share those lessons back um, mm. so other people don't kind of have the same issues. Yeah. As you're speaking, I think you will, should mentoring and coaching be part of, you know, the, the, the skills that we need to develop so we can help to pass on that knowledge. And the other thing I'm going to throw in, sales. I think we've got to get better at selling ourselves. We'll be more confident at selling what we can do to help our businesses. Um, what, do you, what do you think, Kerry? So as soon as you said sales, I was almost like that's that's where service design, so coming mm. back to the future, service design would really help because you're selling services mm. to people. And if people can be clear on what you're offering as a BA function within your company, they know the services that you've got then they might help to understand what we as BAs do, which is a lot of questions that we get. What do you do as a BA? Yeah. So if you can have a list of services, of what we cover, I think that would really help. And, and the value offer of each of those services. So, so we're very clear on what, what we do and what we don't do. Because I, I think yeah. assertiveness, saying, sometimes saying no, no, we can't do that. That's, that's not in my remit or it's outside of my skill set potentially. I'm going to, going to try a different a different take. Um, how do you develop your skills? How do you go about developing a skill? So let's say you recognise you need to develop a skill that perhaps you don't have. What are your steps? How have you done it in the past? How's it worked for you? And I'm going to go go to Sarah for for this one, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so for me, I kind of like to think about all the kind of skills. I guess if I think about where I am in my career and then where I want to get to. So um, one of the things that's helped me actually is the career planning tool on Assist KD's mm -hmm. website because um, it helps you spot any gaps that you might have not necessarily thought about. So it's a nice way to identify some of the skills that you perhaps need to kind of move on to that kind of next role. Um, and then what I tend to do is then have a look in adding those to kind of some kind of skills matrix to kind of think about actually where I am with those skills. Do I feel like I've had enough practice in them? Am I kind of, you know, an expert in them? Or, you know, is it more of a basic level? Um, and then that helps me think about for the year ahead, which ones I want to focus on and I can move them then into some sort of like personal development plan with a clear goal and you know ways to kind of you know improve that skill whether it's you know a, a training course or whether I you know need to kind of get some practice in using it so right. I know at the start of my career one of the things that I wanted to get more experienced in was talking in front of people like doing presentations um so I literally would volunteer for every opportunity to present something whether it was like um a charity event that I was running at SSE when I was working there or you know whether it was um you know, um, a project that I wanted to give an update on. But, you know, the more I did it, the more confidence I had in, in kind of doing that. So sometimes it's just about kind of overcoming your fear and practicing. 
um, on some of those kind of things. Um, but also having a role model, I find, is really useful. So someone that you can shadow um, or, you know, peer review your work. Um, just so sometimes there's questions that maybe you haven't thought about to ask. So um, and I also kept a learning journal, um, which I felt was quite useful. So every time I used a new technique or I, I facilitated a workshop, I would just spend some minutes after it thinking, how did I feel it went? Um, is there anything that went really well? Um, anything that I felt didn't go so well? You know, would I do anything differently next time? So when I would approach my next technique or kind of workshop that I'm going into, you know, I potentially change depending on, you know, what I've written in my journal. Um, it's quite a nice way to self-reflect. Um, yeah, that, that power of reflection and feedback, um, really key for, for me in my own journey in terms of developing skills, particularly presentation skills, actually. I once went on a, on a training course where they videoed me at the start of the week presenting and then they I did the course and then they videoed me at the end and so you practice and feedback and, and and using a framework if you need to but, but getting, getting advice from people that you you trust as well um I really struggled with presenting Sarah as a skill um early in my career and, and a bit like you I volunteered every single time to present because I knew that it would help me to get better and more confident um, and it's um, I'm reading a book at the moment called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, you can you can have a look at it. I think I pronounced that name correctly. Um, but it's all about um, thinking about your your skills and thinking, well, I can grow and learn your skills and you can help yourself to become better at, at things. And if you start with that as a mindset, when you, you're trying to adopt a new skill, you're not going to be perfect first time that you do something. First workshop you run, certainly not going to be perfect. I, I remember being really nervous about running my first workshop. Um, and I'm still not perfect now, definitely not. Um, but but keeping an eye on it and practicing it and, and working with it, um, I think it's really, really helpful. Kerry, can you remember being nervous running your first workshop or, or were you not nervous? I don't know. Oh, very, very nervous, I would think. <laughs> yeah, the thought of standing up in front of people and running a workshop. I think I think everybody has that fear of mm. and the anxiety of standing up, especially in your first one, mm. where you don't really know what to expect. And if you don't know the stakeholders very well, you don't know how everybody's going to react in the room. I think, yes, very nervous is what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice it's dealing with the um, equipment as well. It's making sure you've got enough time to remember the, you know, not not so much now but when you used to have a projector to kind of set up and you know you always wanted to allow yourself time that everything would work or you know how you deal with someone's mobile phone going off midway through and not getting kind of caught up in that um, <laughs> those kind of things that like you with experience you learn how to deal with them don't you yeah yeah you do and and, and you learn how to deal with those kind of mishaps I suppose that happen um by by the experience of having dealt with them but um, I find reading can be quite helpful in terms of development skill. But um, the other thing I, I quite like is, is just chatting something through with someone, uh, uh, someone that I trust. Um, it could be someone at work or, or someone else I work. If I've got a particular challenge or I'm trying to work on something that I want to get better at, just chatting it through and looking for different opinions and, and seeing there's some different perspectives. Um, Podcasts, YouTube videos are, are also useful for the for, for introductions and and analysis of, of your skills. Um, 
I've looked at, I spent way too long. I did, I did a thesis on skill frameworks um, where I compared the Sophia framework, which is the skills um, framework um, for the information age, um, and also the IIBA competency framework. Um, and this is a previous version of it, but uh, there are, there are published career frameworks that you can look at and measure yourself against. Um, and, and I, I'd suggest that, that there, there's some resources out there that you can tap into if you are looking for kind of a, a broad set of, of skills and a comparison. Um, so I've just got one other thing that I wanted um, us to see if we could cover if we've got time, and it's the transferability of skills into other roles. And, and Kerry, you mentioned business architecture, and I, I know that you've worked as a business architect. Did you find that the business analysis skills helped you when you were performing business architecture? Massively. It's, it's the same sort of soft skills. You need communication. You need to be able to talk to people. As a business architect, you also need to be able to talk probably more to like senior leadership team, so more to the senior leaders. So just knowing who they are, what they do, and how to talk to them in a different way to as you would probably to somebody technical. Mm. Like speaking in sort of business language so definitely definitely mm. helps it is it is pretty much the same skill set it's just almost like taken up a level mm. to more of the senior leadership so it's just yeah. talking to different people but yeah. still you've still got to be clear on what you're saying you've got to make sure people are understanding what you say and they're listening to what you're saying so they take on board everything that you do you say yeah. and mean yeah yeah so, yeah yeah. Um, and Sarah, I think you've, you've just recently started a new role, have you? I have, yeah, in software asset management. So um, what's nice is that the skills are quite transferable into the role from a business analyst. So using a lot of kind of the personal skills, again, like communication, mm -hmm. um, there'll be a lot of kind of uh, business and project consultation in my new role. So understanding the user's needs around software um, but also a great opportunity to use one of those professional skills around Lean and Six Sigma that we've we've kind of touched on um, to kind of look at, you know, where we are at the moment in terms of our processes and, you know, compliance and looking at kind of where we can kind of smooth out the process, eliminate the waste, um, any defects or things slowing us down, making sure we've got all our processes documented. So we're obviously be able to run as efficient as we can. Um, and right. ideally having a really effective cost model as well. So once we know what licenses and things like that we need, we can then purchase them and make sure we get the ones that we actually need right. rather than you know, having to spend money on things we don't need. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, this first time we, we haven't mentioned it as a skill, but being financial literacy is one of those business domain skills. And I think we've got to practice understanding costs and benefits and impacts and and not not be afraid to look at a profit and loss account maybe or or to look at a balance sheet um kind of statement and and, and trying to understand what that means for the organization and it it requires it requires a, that confidence that you, you can go and learn those things so that you can then help um understand that, that language of the business in terms of in terms of finance so just just one last thing then anything that you wanted to add on this podcast that we haven't said Kerry any last final thoughts on skill or skill development um just one more thing for me I assume it's a part of skill development is I've also done quite a few sort of personality type mm -hmm. reviews yeah. so 
when you're talking to different people, you can kind of understand how how their behaviour sort of how they work, yeah. their, like, and how they sort of behave. Um, for example, you know, there, there's Belbin role profiles. Mm. I've also done DISC, um, which is a, a behavioural driven one, which just shows you how, who you are as a personality, how you work. So if you if you're clashing with somebody sort of personality wise by doing these sort of personality questionnaires, I think you can kind of if you know like the different personality types, you can kind of classify that person. So it helps you kind of work better with them if you know how they work best yeah. and what their yeah. behaviours are. Yeah, I, I really like Belbin, um, but the Myers-Briggs, the MBTI one as well, I've used in the past. Um, was um, Just the other day, I was looking at the Star Wars character version of that, um, and it, it had me coming out as, I think, Emperor Palpatine, which um, I'm not sure I'm not sure is very good. Um, but, um, you can also, I think there's a Simpsons version of it as well, which is quite interesting. But they, they have some really good tools for self kind of reflection and and, and analysis um so brilliant and then and then sarah anything that you wanted to add and the final final thoughts on ba skill development yeah i was just gonna say feedback's probably a good one as well so um you know actually when you've come to the end of a project or you're coming up kind of be a six month or appraisal it's nice to kind of reach out to kind of people that you've worked with just to get some feedback on what what's gone well maybe areas for improvement um and and actually as as their kind of manager previously it's quite nice to kind of see if there's any common themes across kind of the team just you know is there any areas for like improvement or extra training that we could do as a group so i, I find feedback quite valuable brilliant and, and you've also mentioned leadership there um, which we hadn't mentioned again, as there's so many of these skills, but yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So I just want to say thank you for joining us, uh, Sarah Kerry. Um, thanks for watching, listening. Um, if you've got any ideas for future topics that you'd like us to discuss on The Brew, please email us at babrew at syscd.com. Thank you.